I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And today, and like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing great. I mean... It's already Wednesday. We're in the studio. The sun is shining. The Christmas tree is waiting to be put up. That may be early, or maybe if you're listening, that is early. It's November right now. But we just want to say hello to you as a listener today. Hopefully that you're tuning in, you're having an awesome day, and that God is moving or wanting to move in your life, and you get to experience that today. So Josiah, we have a fun guest, and I just want you to share with the audience who in the world is behind the screen today. I would love to. And like Micah said, thanks for tuning in, for downloading, for um, however you found this resource. We just want to say we believe in you. We support the work that God has you you're doing, and we want to encourage you in the process. And so um, if there's stories that you have, please reach out to us at youngadults.today and just let us know what God's doing. And if you need encouragement or if we can be a blessing in any way, let us know. And today, I'm really excited, like Micah said, to introduce Paul Worcester. And Paul's a friend of ours and has just an incredible heart. So excited for you guys to hear from our friend Paul. Paul's the National Collegiate Evangelism Director with NAM, which is the North America Mission Board within the SBC, the Southern Baptist Church. And he's also the founding director of Christian Challenge campus ministry at Chico State University. He authored in um, pretty recently in 2019-2020 the book Fuel and the Flame as well as founded in 2019 the Campus Multiplication Network which we'll get to talk more about but has a huge heart for collegiate ministry for pastors and young adult ministry leaders, college pastors. So Paul, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Man, I'm so excited to be here. I have been huge fans of y'all forever. And Josiah, I've always been a, a fan of your your mohawk hair thing, whatever you call that. I, I love it. I've always I tried it when I'm in the, you know, in the hot tub with my family. I'm like, what do you guys think? Can I pull it off? And they always they always tell me no, I'm just not quite not quite cool enough, you know, but 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 you do. You pull it off, bro. So I, I love what you guys do and the vision that you have for for this podcast and your ministry and the conference that you started last year. I mean, I really see God's hand on you. And so first, I just want to start out by saying to, dude, this has been a long time coming. We've been pinging back and forth trying to get this to happen, but we're finally here. <laughs> time is now. Today's the day and we're here. It's amazing. Thanks, Paul. Yes. Yeah. So we're so excited for the listener to get to know you, Paul. And we're just going to kick it off right away. So Paul, will you be willing to share some of your story, the journey of life, faith, leadership, and family with us in our audience today. Yeah, totally. Um, I grew up, and my dad's a church planner, so we grew up all, and I'm, I have two sets of twins in my family. So my parents couldn't have kids for like eight years, and they were at a meeting, and the, the pastor, the teacher, it was like a visiting teacher, said, hey, we're going to listen to hear from God. And my mom felt like God said, whispered to, to her that she, she was going to be healed. And then the next month she was pregnant with, with uh, my brother and I. So they always say, be careful what you pray for, you know. <laughs> and uh, so two sets of twin boys, two years apart. 
And my brother, he's at San Diego State doing collegiate ministry there. And I'm at Chico State in Northern California. My brothers are doing international uh, missions overseas wow. and unreached people groups. I can't tell you if I told you where they were, I'd have to kill you. Yeah. You know, just kidding. Plug your, <laughs> ears, plug your ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so we, I grew up in that church planner family. Just my dad has this heart to do whatever God calls him to do to advance the kingdom. We lived in like six or seven different locations growing up. And, but that solidified my faith that Jesus is worth going all in for yeah. But I had a ton of gaps in my, my discipleship. I had a lot of things that I needed. I wasn't really having a quiet time. I was a time alone with God. I wasn't really, I had some, some purity issues in my mind that I really needed to work on. And I got involved in University of Oklahoma Baptist Collegiate Ministry. And there was a, the, the director there sat me down, actually my brother and I down. And he just started, I didn't know what he was doing at the time, but he was discipling us. <laughs> and uh, he, he gave us a verse to memorize that first week. And I remember it was 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. And I remember I had this noble ambition in my heart not to be the twin that didn't have his verse memorized. <laughs> so that was what I, that was my goal is just to not embarrass myself. But after like four or five weeks of memorizing the scripture, man, my mind started to change. I started like the, the, the impure thoughts were starting to fade away. The desire for those things were starting to fade and my love for God and his word just elevated in my mind. And then my brother and I started sharing our faith, started discipling other students. And we lived in the dorms at University of Oklahoma all four years. Um, and we saw about 50 other students come to Christ when we were in Easy. college. And just, so then I graduated, worked a normal job, found the love of my life, Christy. We've been married 12 years now. We have two kids. Owen, he's nine, and Evelyn, she's five. But after two years of working normal jobs, God just out of the blue, kind of a long story, called us to move to Chico State, which is a little college town, about 16,000 students, 100,000 people in the town, and to start a ministry um, there called Christian Challenge. And we've just been working there ever since. Started super slow, but over time, God has blessed that. And uh, we've seen hundreds of students come to Christ. Now we have 15 full-time campus missionary staff that work with us. Awesome. We're planting new locations and new ministries. And so God's just really blessed it. And then halfway through that, I put my head up and started sharing what we were learning and discovered. There's just such a need yeah. for resources in this college ministry and young adult um, space and just how there's so many people that need encouragement, coaching, mm -hmm. and help. And so I've just been doing that on the side. And then just recently I joined NAM to, to kind of move more full-time into this um, training, coaching, consulting type stuff. So I'm excited. What an amazing journey, Paul. And we get to dive into this and, and just share together and with the listener. And one of the things that stood out to me that resonated with my heart, I remember being in second grade, going to Sunday school, had a similar moment, and they gave me this orange folder, and on it was Acts 1-8, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. 
And I thought it was just for a candy bar. <laughs> that same teacher, Sunday school teacher, she had us memorize and she would give us a full size, king size candy bar if we could memorize the order of the 66 books of the Bible. Wow. And just, um, I, I was like, but I would have never known in second grade, oh, discipleship is happening. Right. But like you said, and you had the moment in college, I had that moment where like my eyes were open to just how amazing God is. He speaks to us through his word and scripture memorization is something that takes a long time. Like it's not just instant, it's a discipline, but that discipline of scripture memorization comes back with like dividends in your soul, dividends in your discipleship. And um, so that's amazing to hear about just your journey. And I would just ask yeah. you, like, take us back 12 years, 15 years, getting married, having just come out of Oklahoma and you go to Chico State University. And what's that process like planting, pioneering, getting a campus ministry started off the ground? Um, terrifying. <laughs> it was, it was terrifying, you know, because we had good jobs. We both had jobs and we were, we moved into the support raising scene where we were right. raising our finding trust in God to support us. And he provided every step of the way. But I just remember that I was full of weighed down with anxiety and insecurity and I was worried far too much about the numbers of how many students we were reaching. Yeah. And I was all wrapped up in that when really, if I could fast forward and, and like see what God has done now, I would not have been worried about having, you know, six people at my first barbecue, you mm -hmm. know, I would have been fine. I would have loved those students. So the, the gift that I'm trying to give to um, newer coach in in my coaching ministry that we do i try to give them perspective just say hey yeah. build for something that is going to last not just this year and make an impression and maybe please your pastor or your supporters whatever don't please them don't i mean please them but don't don't make that your primary concern make your primary concern loving the students that god brings you and then investing deeply in them and then spiritual multiplication really works. So like once we started training these students, they were, they were just turned right around and they shared their faith. And the deeper your discipleship, the, the more likely spiritual multiplication can take place. And so our vision is to help students go from lost to laborer in one year. So mm -hmm. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. And we just want to help be a part yeah. of raising up more laborers. And so <laughs> the more student leaders that we have equipped to share the gospel, to love people, to make disciples, every year we get more student leaders that are in that laborer zone. We see, we just an exponential, like last school year, we saw over 200 people on our campus pray to receive Christ. And it's primarily yeah. through just these laborers, these students the best people in the world to reach students are students. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so it's our job to be equippers in that. So that's, that's kind of how that, that process played out for us. What a beautiful model of what Christ is doing and what he's wanting to do across the globe. You know, like he's still seated on his throne. He's still actively mm -hmm. moving. He's still wanting people to be discipled and be, um, you know, molded and made more like him and just being impactful in all those different places 
literally to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would ask you this following, what is God doing in and through the campus multiplication network? Like currently, like, what are you guys seeing? How is God moving? Kind of take us there. If you could take us mm-hmm. there on that network or on that campus, what would that look like? Or what does it look like right now? Sure. Yeah. I, st- we started it last year and it was just, I, I remember talking to Josiah right at the early time, getting, yeah. g- getting some feedback from you. Thanks for that, man. It's really encouraging. But at that early stage, it was just an idea in my mind. It's actually been an idea for the last three years that I, I felt like I was praying, God, how are we going to multiply? Because there's so much need for college yeah. and young adults. And there's such a, because there's no, this is the, the kind of sad reality is there's not a lot of money involved in collegiate mm-hmm. ministry mm-hmm. and it's not a way to build a suburban mega church is to reach mm-hmm. college students. Um, and so unfortunately there's a, there's a gap there. And I wrote an article, five reasons why most churches don't reach college students. And so if you're interested, we can post that in the show notes Definitely. so people can see it's pretty like savage for lack of a better word, but it's, it's just my heart is that, that people would, would really see this opportunity is for, for multiplication. So I created something that I wish that I had when I was starting. Yes. And so we created kind of these 10 modules of um, the basics of reaching students, creating a ministry, helping a college ministry get off the ground and it comes with a cohort and a coach. So you have about six to eight others that you're in this monthly Zoom call. And then also a weekly one-on-one with your coach. Not a weekly, a monthly one-on-one with your coach that you're, you're having a phone call conversation. And they're customizing, giving you just encouragement, um, any feedback that on what's going on in your ministry. And then you're also responding to the material with a little worksheet. And so the coach can say that has been doing it for 15, 20 years can say, Hey bro, this is, this is great. This idea you have here is good, but maybe this might want to tweak that, you know? So it's, and we've seen ministries that have not there. I remember one ministry, they're the biggest ministry on their campus, but it's been three or four years since they've seen anyone come to Christ. And he just called me just broken that he just, he, he doesn't want to just have success in the eyes of the world anymore. He wants to be, he wants to see kingdom advancing impact. And so this last school year, they've seen about a dozen people come to Christ, just little tweaks of training and equipping and helping people think outward focused. And, and our prayer is that we want to see a thousand new collegiate ministries started um, in our generation. And so through the ministries that we're training, so we have about 200 leaders that we've trained that are in our coaching process right now. And they've all selected their top five campuses that they want to go to, to raise up teams, to send to those new campuses in their region, in their area. And even globally, we have people in Africa, Indonesia, um, Serbia. Um, we have people around the, the world that are already a part of this coaching process. Um, so that, that's kind of what God's doing with that. So good. It is amazing. And what I would just say to the listener is if you are not Facebook friends, and I know Facebook has a limit to how many friends you can have. If you're not following Paul on Instagram or Twitter, he is a must connect with in this space. Um, I remember a mutual friend of ours, Matt Brown, he actually was one of the people, we followed each other, but he connected us in a way that really stuck. And he wrote this article about Henrietta Mears. 
And then I, I started reading all the books about Henrietta Mears, this woman who was from Minneapolis, transplanted to, to Hollywood First Presbyterian Church, and just started teaching Sunday school for the young adults. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. And people like the former president, Ronald Reagan, Bill Bright, who founded Crew, Billy Graham, and so many others, mm -hmm. um, her legacy is still living on generation after generation after generation of a spiritual legacy and heritage that was a name that I had never heard of. So a lot of people may not have heard the name Henrietta Mears. And I think that Paul, like what you're doing is so much like Henrietta's heart to resource and equip the kingdom of God through the local church and just make us make a splash and make an impact and resource where resources don't exist and provide funds where funds don't exist and just really be a trailblazer and a pioneer and lead the way. And so Paul, so gracious, um, so grateful to link arms with you in this episode and in a lot of ways. And um, evangelism, you don't have to spend very long with Paul to realize that evangelism is like in his DNA. It happened, like he said, 50 classmates in college and a couple hundred students each year with college ministry. But so many people um, look at the Great Commission as this just massive vision, which it is, and miss the personal touch. And so my question is with that, how can college pastors and young adult ministry leaders really build momentum in their evangelistic efforts? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's one of the most important questions a young adult or college pastor can ask is, how do I get, not just do evangelism, but how do I get my students to evangelize them, their, their peers? And that's where the exponential movement starts to take place. So I love to think like the genius of the and, so not just either or where uh, attractional, like having, I think it's really valuable to have a good large group worship and teaching night and have some really great small groups and social events to get new people that are, that are going to come to that. But then also think missional where you're thinking you're training students to own their niche, own their pocket of people, the, the campus, the college campus, or even the community is more like a waffle than it is a pancake, okay? And, and so there's little barriers that we want to get the gospel of the syrup, uh, the syrup of the gospel <laughs> into every little nook and cranny in our, on our campus or yeah. in our community. And so what we've done is we've equipped students to think in that way where if they're on the football team, like we have a guy named Solomon, we've said, you are the missionary to the football team. And so yeah. we, he's going to start a Bible study. He's He's actually led about 12 guys to Christ from the football team that he's bringing to our large group meeting and they hear the gospel and sometimes I'll share the gospel with those football players. So he's an inviter, but we're also trying to say, Hey, don't just invite, like you go into that place Beautiful. and you start a Bible study in that place. And I think as collegiate leaders, we need to model it. And so we do a, we have a tool called gospel appointments. And so and you can check it out at gospelappointments.com. And it's a whole resource, simple process of really it is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just an appointment, low pressure, relational, where you can share the gospel. You can, it's their story. You hear their story. You share your testimony, your story, and then God's story. You lay out a gospel presentation. And that has been such a great tool that we've given students and young adults. They need 
like tracks to run on to get started in their evangelism. So they need a, a gospel illustration or they need a process or a tool just to get them started like training wheels kind of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, so we help them and I tell students use this and until you find something better until, until you some, because some people are led in different ways. So we don't want to be legalistic or formulaic about it, but at, at the same time, they need kind of some, some help and some, mm -hmm. some things to get them traction. And then we have as a leaders and top level student leaders, staff and student leaders and top level leaders, we have a, a goal. We, we say never share alone. So if I have a lunch with a student that's new that came to our large group meeting and I set up a gospel appointment with them for lunch and they don't, we don't, I don't use gospel appointment with a non-Christian. I just say, Hey, let's grab lunch or coffee. I'd love to get to know you better, hear your story and share about my, my testimony and mm -hmm. kind of what our ministry is all about. Would that be good? And man, we just, we do that with everyone that comes and students are so open. Like they're more open college campuses our recruitment cultures. Yeah. Think about that. Like at, at any organization, like the fraternities, they'll meet, they'll do a gospel appointment with you, <laughs> except for you're not accepting Christ. They're, they're meeting with you to make sure that you're cool enough to join their fraternity. <laughs> okay. You know, that kind of thing. And, and so there's, there's a recruitment culture that we can redeem that we can, mm -hmm. it's one of the best last places in the, in the, in the world where you can do this kind of more intentional, evangelism in a really cultural savvy way so we bring i'll bring a student with me to this lunch and uh, i'll let them just watch i'll i love to get a freshman or a new believer to come with me and watch how i share the gospel how i just love this person it's it really evangelism is not a, f a formula or a tactic it's really just love it's just like i'm sharing who changed my life i'm sharing what changed my life and I'm just letting this person very straightforward, um, relational, low pressure, know that. And the person, the student seeing, yes, this person's hearing the gospel, mm -hmm. but the student that's sitting with me, the new believer, new freshman, someone that I'm training, they see how easy, how simple it is. And they say, wow, like that really worked. Like that person, they see someone, when you see someone cross from death to life yeah. for the first time, they, you see someone's soul <laughs> transformed right before your eyes like that is a worship experience like we talk about doing a worship experience you know doing a great message or, or music which i love but the best worship experience is getting to see lives changed by the gospel and so that person is hooked from that point on <laughs> they're, they're 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 they don't have they're ruined for anything less than helping other people come to know Christ. So it's this whole process of creating this culture where everyone shares their faith and we train others to share their faith. And we even spend time in our leadership teams sharing stories of the gospel conversations that we had that week. And so it's, it's been really cool, but it started slow and over time it's, it's progressed. That's so good. The equation that kind of comes to mind, I know you said it's not equations, but I keep thinking like evangelism equals an invitation plus, plus investing. Mm -hmm. So you initially, you first and foremost, I'm going to invite this young adult to join me for a cup of coffee. I'm going to invest in this conversation and that's equals like 
an opportunity to evangelize. And if mm-hmm. they accept Christ, like you said, across the table and for them to say yes and soon be doing what you're doing, like seeing them, that investment continues to grow. And I just think that's a, a beautiful illustration and an approach that a lot of people are not exposed to. We have many young adults who see Josiah and I as individuals or a couple. And there'll be times I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go grocery shopping. You wanna come with me? Hey, I'm gonna go to Target. Yeah. You wanna come with me? And they're like, why are you talking to the cashier? Do you know them? And I'm like, no, I don't know them. And they're like, do you, why do you act like everybody, like, is your friend. And I'm like, every, you don't know when you're going to meet your best potential new friend. And you don't yes. know when God's going to give you an opportunity to witness because this is me uh, practicing. Meaning when God says speak or go or encourage, I'm going to be in tune with what God's doing and I'm going to be able to respond to that. So for students or young adults to observe me exercising my faith in that way or Josiah or our marriage, even mm-hmm. for yes. example, that they lean in even more of like, well, what do you mean I can talk to a stranger? What do you mean I can invite somebody? I'm too scared. You know, it's like decreases that fear of rejection and increases that curiosity of how can God use me? And sometimes I think that um, as a local church and as a pastor, sometimes we can get confused or blur the line with a lot of young adult ministry versus the church. Like we're not at odds with each other, but we want to do the same thing. We want to evangelize. We want to see people come to Christ. We want to see people discipled. We want to see people, you know, lean into and hear the voice of God and answer Mm -hmm. the calling essentially. And like you said, like live by furthering the kingdom and living with a heaven minded urgency and observing everything around us in that process. So Paul, a question that I would have for you is, how can the local church pastors best partner with campus ministries in a way that's not us and them or us versus them? Because we know mm-hmm. we do a Chi Alpha and there's yeah. many students who are plugged in with many different churches, many different backgrounds and upbringings, but we want to always see them connect to the big C church and vice versa, and know that Chi Alpha is not your church. It's an opportunity for you to experience God and community and discipleship in a different way, but that's not to avoid the church and vice versa. So how would you yeah. say that we can best partner and be teammates and recognize that we're wearing the same jersey and we're on the same team and yeah. we're fighting the enemy to further God's kingdom. You know, what would you say to that? Yeah, that's a really good, good point is that we need to each come to the table, whether you're a campus ministry leader, a young adult pastor, or even a lead pastor, senior pastor, whoever's listening, like we need to each come to those other leaders with a heart to serve. Like, how can I not, how can you help me? (laughs) Like, how can I help you? And so if you're on the church side, coming to a campus ministry and saying, Hey, we love to like partner with you guys. And do you need like monthly support? You know, cause I know a lot of the campus ministry staff needs more monthly support. So we could give you guys a hundred dollars a month and this is just no strings attached. So we just want to support you and your ministry. And that kind of thing can go a long way. Just so there's that buy-in factor or just saying, Hey, if you ever need a speaker, if you ever need a retreat, you know, a place to host your meetings or someone to come speak at a retreat for you guys. Like we want to be a resource to you as a church 
to help your campus ministry thrive. Mm -hmm. And, and that'll open doors for you. They see you as someone that's giving, then they'll say, Hey, actually we need a place that we can bring our students to. And we want to invite our students to join your church and to kind of like get connected with your ministry on the church side. And the same way with the campus ministry, they need to think, along the lines of how can we really help our, the students we're reaching on campus to become real legit church members and church, you know, not just attending the church and getting what we can from it, but how can we serve the church? How can we really be all in with the church? And so if both people are, both leaders are kind of having lots of good communication and partnering together, we've seen a great, beautiful partnership with our, with some, the local churches in our area, particularly like what we call our primary partner church, where we, we bring in the pastor. He speaks at our fall retreat every year. Uh Um, We do a summer discipleship training program in Chico over the summer. And they, the the pastors of that local church invest one night a week um, to that project. And so they, they pour into the students. And then also part of that project is the students are required to serve on Sunday morning. And so they're helping with the kids. And so there's a really good, like both and approach. I I keep coming back to that concept is as leaders, we don't need to think so siloed. We need to think both. And so in our evangelism, it needs to be relational and intentional, you know, and then when we're trying to reach students, it needs to be on the campus, but also through the local church. And so it's the, the and not either or, but both and so. I love that because I think there's many times I think that we've observed a bait and switch. You know what I mean? If you do this, yeah. then we'll, be, we'll be able to do that. If you bring your students, then we'll be able to do that. And I don't think that that's how God has designed his kingdom for a bait and switch. You know, like you don't want the, the young adults to feel like the divorced family that's, mm, you know, oh. yeah, that's fought over, that's going back and forth. And it's like, well, here are your bags for the weekend. You go, but on Monday, you're mine. Like, we don't ever yeah. want adults to feel like that. So even as a listener, like, be mindful and be praying of, like, what doors is God opening? What doors are already open? And how can we never make our young adults feel like a project or mm. feel like it's a bait and switch or feel like they're the the divorced family, and I would say that to the church leader and listener, like, hey, be mindful of what is God calling you to, and maybe part of the vision of your church has completely overlooked young adult ministry, or maybe it has glorified youth only. How can we, like you said, don't silo, but how can we help, you know, serve the vision of God, bridge the generational gaps, and allow room for everybody to do what they're called to do, and to have an equal fair opportunity to do that while linking arms with each other across the way. So that's kind of what comes to my mind. I don't know if that resonates with any listeners or maybe you guys as I'm sitting in this conversation with the three of us, that's like, oh my gosh, I would hate for our students to feel like, you know, it's the weekend now. Okay, here's the kid. Boom. You know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my mind. Sorry. I think what each of you just shared is so important, and something that all you said is you said um, to like no strings attached. Yeah. And I think that if campus mm-hmm. ministry leaders can truly take an approach that's, I expect nothing. 
-hmm. and the local church pastor to say, I expect nothing. There are no expectations. There are no strings attached. And then flip that, like everything's appreciated. Yeah. Expect mm -hmm. nothing, appreciate everything. And if we can wow. who mm -hmm. in the campus ministry world, like, hey, I'm on this college campus and I'm partnering, I'm looking for strategic partner churches with no strings attached. I'm expecting nothing, but I'm appreciating everything. Right. And the local church is like, hey, we're adding value. We expect nothing. We appreciate everything. And so I think that, like you said, no wow. strings attached is a really key thing to just that live that line of expecting nothing, appreciating everything. And then similarly, like recognizing that we're on the same team, mm -hmm. that we're a part of God's kingdom, that parachurch and the local church are actually both extensions of Christ and his body. And right. he, he built his church. So it's not one or the other. It comes back to your point mm -hmm. of it's, it's definitely it's a marriage, things. right? Yes. And, <laughs> and I think it's is the other thing that you guys talked about was like this idea of strategic partner churches. And I just want to pick that out as like, maybe you're in a place where you're in campus ministry or in young adult ministry. I would look for who is one church, who is one pastor that you can pray for today, That's good. this week, this mm -hmm. month, pray for them, send them a written note or send them an email and whatever is appropriate of like, I'm adopting a pastor to pray for. Mm. Yeah. And I'm adopting a campus ministry yeah. to, to pray for. And we mm. look for prayer partners all the time. Yes. Like, we want to get in a ministry without prayer partners. And I think the sky's the limit when the local church and campus ministries truly team up together. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer this separate approach. It's worse. Yes. So, and I have one, one quick thought on that is don't be afraid if you're in young adult or campus ministry, don't be afraid to approach and ask to partner with the senior leaders or the lead pastors or those, those other pastors. Cause I guarantee you a lot of them have been praying. I like our local church. Now that we partner with, they were praying for 20 years that God would bring someone to help start a ministry that worked with their church. And then now it's become this amazing partnership where the church has tripled in size and just the amount of baptisms and the amount of people that are our alumni have become a great funnel directly into their church on staff and everything. And just like over the years, if, if we didn't, you know, make that connection, then who knows, you know, what, what would happen. So it's, it's, there's just so much opportunity. And I think pastors and leaders are more, have a heart for young adults more than they even will talk about or bring up. So just, I assume, like I love to assume the best about, about the leaders and, and staff and senior leadership is like a lot of them really do. If they had someone that was passionate about young adult ministry, maybe you're listening to this call and like, you're the person that needs to just champion this for your church. So if that's the case, then you know, I know we would all love to help, help them help you out with that. So. Sure. Paul, I love that you say that because Josiah and I were actually having a conversation um, a couple nights ago. And I said to Josiah, I'm like, Josiah, there are so many times that we pray for a breakthrough moment or we pray for an answer as a couple and as a ministry, like we pray for an answer. I'm like, Josiah, I'm like, what if you or I or our ministry is an answer to somebody else's prayer? Mm, and I yep. think sometimes when you look at it the other way, you're like, then your eyes are open to opportunities. Like, okay, like 20 years at church have been praying, how many people were the answer, but ignored it. Mm -hmm. And then you guys came in, you're like, 
this is it, you know, and now you're, now you're seeing the fruit of it, you know? So I would just say, even for the listener today that, you know, start praying and thinking a little differently at times and saying, maybe I'm the answer. We are not the answer. Let me quote, we are not the answer. We yes. may be part of the puzzle that they've been praying for. So I just want to reiterate the verbiage there. But. That's good. That's good. It's amazing. And back to one other thing you said, Paul, about gospel appointments. I'm just thinking of, of like my own life for a second. And it's really easy to get um, to a point where we're surrounded by Christians and we're surrounded by leaders. And so I'm zeroing out and going, God, who can I share my faith with? Mm -hmm. And whoever is listening, I would just say like, if we want our students or our young adults to share their faith, I love what you said. Don't, don't go alone. Bring them with, like, share your faith and make it a lifestyle, not just an event. And Paul, that brings us to a point of kind of some final thoughts. Five questions, five minutes. Are you up for kind of like a home run derby? Let's do it. I'm down. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, Paul. Question number one. If you could describe your soul right now in three words, what would they be? Wow. That's good. That's a, that's intense. Okay. I'll give you a rapid fire. Um, I'm, I'm tired right now. I'm tired, but I'm very excited. Like I'm very expecting, like with this new role with Nam that I'm in, um, there's a lot of opportunities there. So it's it, excited slash expectant, I guess I'm going to count that as, as the second word. <laughs> and then the third one is dependent. Like I, I really just feel like almost this desperation um, to see God move. And I really think that that is something that I want to be an example to, to other leaders. And I never want to be business as usual in my ministry or like even just filming this podcast or whatever it is that God has for me to do. Like I want to give, I want to allow the spirit to use me and, and flow through me. And he only <laughs> tends to do that when we are dependent on him and we are, are when we're, we're not sufficient in ourselves in that way. So that's, that, those are some, some thoughts. Thanks for sharing what's on your heart, soul, real time with us. Independent is a great word. I think of like just abiding and bearing fruit abiding and bearing fruit happens through dependency. And so uh, Paul, qu second question is, are there any words you live by? It could be a verse, quote, something that means something to you that you would share with a listener. Yeah, um, actually our ministry, we have three words. It's salvation. And the tagline there is, we do whatever it takes to reach lost students. And so we really mean that. It's like, the, it's impossible to exaggerate the urgency of eternity and that the truth of the gospel is that those without Christ are not going to spend eternity with God in heaven. And so that urgency is so important is so is that we want to do whatever it takes to reach those without Christ. And then uh, transformation. Um, we want to help people. Um, we, we labor to see Jesus change students' lives from the inside out. So that's, it's not just a outward show. It's a trans inward transformation. And then multiplication. That's the third word is I want to see disciples that I make, make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so those are like the three words our ministry is kind of guided by, but also my own, my own personal life. So That's awesome. Okay, Paul, question number three, if you could ask Josiah and myself one thing, what would you ask us today? Wow. 
Awesome. So, so what's the next big plan that you guys have? <laughs> I don't know if you can announce it on a podcast, but I'm always curious. Is there anything that you guys got cooking that, that you can tell on the podcast? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, well, one thing that when, when COVID happened in 2020, we said that we do not want to come out of COVID empty handed, meaning that we do not want to just sit here and wait out a storm when God's called us to do something in the midst of it. So I know that I'm working currently on my second book wow. and um, it kind of parallels with my first journal slash prayer journal um, mm -hmm. worth the wait. So this is kind of, the second portion of that where it's actually going to be written in a book form. So I'm working wow. on a second book. So that's all I'll say. That's there. awesome. <laughs> wow. I'm excited about that. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Paul, like I think for us, like there's always um, an open handedness with plans and visions and dreams. And it's like, um, just a, a heartbeat of prayer is my approach. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm uh, like just listening to like the feet on the ground and like, and then the sense of the spirit of like, what are the people saying? What are they needing? What, what resources? So I look at resources like this podcast, like the conference, mm -hmm. the ones that we work on, they exist because other resources don't. Right. And you may right. this demographic is really um, void of resources, this kind of area. And so I would just say like, we're working Lord willing on the annual conference of young adults today conference. Awesome. Um, March 5th and 6th, 2021, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Lord willing. And, um, also just looking at just this podcast and asking the question, how can we be a blessing in the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. How can we resource the local church? And um, I will say that we're working on something special to, to kind of just throw out a teaser We'll announce it at the conference. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking at each other like, do we tell? Do we tell? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> I'm, even, I'm even curious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. Let's keep them hanging a little bit. How about that? That's right. Cliffhangers. <laughs> Back to you, Paul. Will you share about maybe just one mistake or we sometimes call it an epic failure or just a humbling moment um, that you've made yeah. in history that, and, and then kind of just share like what God taught you through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was more like a, a season of my ministry, my life and ministry that I really wasn't um, being uh, consistent in my my personal time with God and and in my, my own. I was doing ministry not out of the overflow. I was kind of doing it like not what I, like I was talking about earlier, not as dependent on God. I was I was kind of self-sufficient and. Um, and that just, that just didn't, didn't go well for me, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it, it really, um, it, it just, it drained me. And so it, it didn't quite, it didn't get to a place where it was, you know, anything super sketchy, but, but it just, it just, there was a season and it was in the midst of actually my wife, uh, she has a bad back and, um, it, we had young kids at the time. And so there was a lot of different pieces in place. And I just, I found out that I discovered that you're never too busy to pray. You're actually too busy not to pray. And I need that time alone with God. Like the, the, my time with God, my, I try to spend about an hour a day with alone with God. And, um, that time is the most productive hour of my day. Like 
it doesn't matter what I'm doing, you know, who I'm speaking to, what blog posts I'm writing. My time alone with God is the most precious, productive time. And actually, I think Satan is going to feed us as leaders lies. As I know, most of, a lot of times I'm trying to get into my prayer time and have this thought, well, what are all the things that you have to do? Don't you need to send that email? Don't you need to write that thing? Don't you need to work on that message? No, like right now, the most productive thing I can do is just spend, just enjoy Jesus and just spend time with Jesus. And it's not about accomplishing a list of things. It's about being with him and, and letting my relationship and my ministry flow out of that, that kind of relationship that I have with him. So that was kind of, it took me through a rocky season there, but um, on the other end, I've kind of realized that, man, this is, this is the best life that you can live is just that intimacy with Christ, that daily fighting for it, blocking, being almost like rigid about it. Like I put my phone on airplane mode. If I have to, I'll do anything I can just to get that about an hour with God every day. So staying connected and removing the distractions to get into his presence is a necessity. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Last and final question, Paul. If you could tell a group of young adult pastors or ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I would say um, the size of your ministry doesn't determine the the potential of your impact. That's good. Um, so, I mean, I just remember early in this ministry, like, me being really insecure about there was other cooler college ministries in the area. There was other churches that were killing it, quote unquote, you know, and we were just this small group of 15, 10 people. And I just, I regret, you know, like I wish someone, I had someone that was older and wiser than me to say, Hey, like, no, dig in, love the people that you have, disciple those people deeply. Now those first people, first two students who reached on campus now there are associate directors, they're married, they have two kids, and now they're going to plant a new ministry um, on a new campus that to be announced. Um, but they, they have a, a plan there to, to do that. And so like our whole, whole ministry is gonna be reproduced from that first little tiny group of six people at a barbecue. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows what God could do? So don't, don't despise the days of small beginnings, you know? So that's my encouragement to you guys. Well, that's timely. And I know that that speaks to my heart. It speaks to Micah. It speaks to every listener because there's moments where we all take our eyes off of where it should be fixed on Jesus and look at and measure and metrics. And just to hear that still small voice that you just shared, Mm -hmm. uh, not despising today, not despising a small beginning, not wishing away. Um, That's amazing. Paul, thank you for just your heart, your passion for campus ministry, Mm -hmm. investing in this community of young adult ministry leaders, and for joining us today on this conversation. Yeah, no problem. Man, I loved it. It It was a blast. Amazing. Well, you can find out more about Pastor Paul Worcester, his many resources, his book and blog, and we will link them in the show notes. Also, if you're looking for a resource like a cohort, um, we can definitely connect you with the Campus Multiplication Network as well. So thanks for tuning in. God bless. Till next time.
Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.